Welcome back, listeners. So, Josh, we talked about some of the uh, observations from the field in that first segment. And one other thing we want to cover before we move forward with some fungicide decision points here is just around that corn rootworm, what are some action items at the current current state of time to make sure that we're protecting ourselves a little bit better as we move in into next year? Yeah, a couple things specifically. Um, the first thing is uh, if we do have some down corn, we really um, encourage everyone to get out there and, and dig some plants and wash those roots and, and really have an understanding, is there rootworm feeding going on here? Is there not? Um, that, that's number one, just making sure we understand what is going on there and, and really don't ignore those those areas or those pockets. Um, you know, just don't assume that oh, it was just a bad storm or maybe, you know, it was just timing. Um, just make sure that we, we identify the true root of the problem. And then the other thing is, um, we'll want to do some sticky trapping or beetle monitoring. Um, this is kind of a daunting task. It, it does take some work, but it is a an extremely great indicator it, uh, of what the pressure or what you can anticipate for the next crop. Um, I'll definitely do a little bit of sticky trapping in some fields. I have a lot of root digs here in the next couple weeks to evaluate this, um, but it will be important that we make sure we understand what's going on. And uh, if we had some fields that just have, you know, pockets here and there, heavy pressure, um, you know, that's probably going to take some, you know, some changes or management or some rotation as we move into next year. And that's just really important to understand as we move forward. Yeah, so we'll be keeping an eye on it. And certainly if anyone um, has any specific fields that they're looking for, you know, another set of eyes on or observations around uh, beetle counts this year, please let us know. We're happy to help. But moving forward here, Josh, just going to shift focus a little bit um, and uh, talk a little bit more about corn fungicide and what are some things that we need to consider around those decisions as it's really rapidly approaching if not already here in a lot of cases. Yeah, yeah, it, it, in some cases it is here. Uh, some of the newer um, products come to market, there's a little bit of a push to to apply earlier and, and maybe even a little bit pre-tassel and um, I'm intrigued and I'll be curious to see how those results turn out and uh, I know there's still going to be a lot of applications that, that really target this VT to, to R3. Uh, VT basically being defined as 100% of the tassels are out. Uh, R3 being defined as a, that brown silk time frame. Uh, with the weather, that's going to be a tight window. And uh, I think it is going to be a little bit of a challenge this year, Allie. You know, our corn was all planted in such a tight window. Um, everything's going to come ready at the same time. So in some cases, maybe these newer products that let us jump out a little bit ahead uh, could be a benefit. But, uh, you know, Allie, as I always look at this, um, you know, I always like to look at the GDUs as my first thing of kind of where we're sitting. And, uh, you know, Allie's sitting at um, 1273, we're plus 139. I always like situations that we're spraying fungicide early. It gives us a lot of time during longer days of the year to take advantage of that plant health and, um, you know, increase our solar radiation harvest and photosynthesis. And usually those turn out good. And uh, so I really like where we're sitting GDU-wise. Yeah, so, you know, well ahead on GDUs, which is really nice to see. I think, in my opinion, too, another thing, kind of point number two that I consider when I think about should I, should I not spray a fungicide and that's the yield potential of this crop we have out there. Now, now I know we just talked about some situations that just came through weather-wise that'll make us maybe assess those decisions a touch differently, but for those fields that still have that great potential, they're consistent across the board, um, you know, you just start to think about how can we protect that yield? We're not gonna just magically gain bushels, but we are protecting the potential that we have there. So you start to think about what are those things that could shave yield as we move um, into the season. I know I've seen some northern lesions on down into Iowa, tar spot into Wisconsin. So really just think about those things. We maybe don't see them now, uh, but if weather starts to favor some of the onset of that disease, going to be nice to protect that yield potential with a fungicide application. Uh, what are some other things that you like to think about? 
Yeah, I, I really like that yield potential one too. That's a great one. Um, you know, from there, I also like to look a little bit around, um, you know, hybrid and in previous crop. Um, you know, historically, we're going to see a little bit more um, disease pressure in corn on corn. And I think it's always a good thing to get out there and really just gauge the crop. Are we seeing some disease, uh, especially if we're seeing anything like northern corn leaf blight or gray leaf spot or, you know, tar spot or anything crazy like that. Those would be things that um, we definitely want to take note of um, and, and maybe really put those on a target list of getting treated. Um, you know, with all the high temperatures we've had, Allie, the plants do look pretty clean. I've seen a little bit of rust show up here and there. Um, but now they got some moisture and, and different temperature, had some storms come through. We we'll really want to monitor that. Uh, but doing that scouting and looking at your hybrid list and previous crop are always important uh, uh, in my book. And I think uh, those are all great three points too. Kind of my final point is just think about your harvest plan. Maybe what are those fields that you know every year you get to last? And I think another key point, our, our counterpart Brian called this out uh, last week. You look at some of these corn silage acres and the compressed windows that we were working within. I'm probably going to be pretty critical to think about how you can start to spread out that timing window to make sure those products aren't getting too dry on you. Uh, really important that we keep quality as we're chopping those corn silage acres. Um, so yeah. that's kind of yeah, for sure. No, oh yeah, and with the GDUs we're cranking, you know, there's a chance to see that late August, early September, and sometimes it can be really warm in that stretch, and even a day or two can can really buy you a lot of time. But just real quick before we wrap up too, I mean, we covered corn here, but on the soybean side of things, Josh, kind of all about timing. If you're looking to make those fungicide applications, uh, what's that timing window you, you'd like to see us stick within? Yeah, R3 is the timing, and, and that's basically defined as 3 sixteenths of an inch pot on one of the, the four uppermost nodes. Um, sometimes you can just Google a chart of that, and it'll help you guide that in, but uh, that's usually what we're looking for, and timing is everything. That's my only factor with beans is time it right. Thanks for that, and thanks for listening, everyone. Next week, we'll continue with progress from the field. If you have any questions, please let us know.